In the world of sales, there's multiple types of buyers and the more types of buyers that you can get along with and close deals with, the higher your closing rate's gonna be. So why not go out and learn as many different types of sales styles as you can so you can close as many buyers as you can. Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. And the truth is, your success in closing sales depends on your skills, your abilities, and finding the right training. And the great news is, you have come to the right place here at The How to Sell Show with your hosts, Dale Bell and Scott Sylvanbell. And be sure to join the party at howtosell.live and download your copy of The 10 Common Mistakes Salespeople Make. Aloha from Sacramento, California today. Today's a good day. I'm coming to you live from the How to Sell Show studios. And today we're going to talk about secondhand sales. And you're like, what in the world is secondhand sales? Well, there's plenty of places online where you can put up items, goods, uh, things that you have at your house and your garage for sale. And they're a secondary market, which means it is used. means that you have for the most part, done something with it. You've opened the package. It's been sitting around in the garage for a while. It's been sitting around in the yard for a while, but you want to get rid of it. You want to sell it. And it's not something that you may be emotionally tied to, could be, but real deal, it's probably something that you're just trying to get away and sell because you don't want it. You don't need it anymore, or you're trying to come up with some quick cash. And this is a sale that you need to learn. This is a type of person that you need to learn how to deal with. When you take a look at it, There are eight, nine, maybe 10 different ways to sell. And I've given you an outline right here of different types of sales styles. And you may have a different name for some of these, but like fill in the blank and put your name in. So first on the list at the very top, I would say is the aggressive salesperson. This is the traditional always be closing. You have uh, an aggressive salesperson that just pushes for the deal, pushes for the close. Number two would be a fact-based salesperson. This would be the attorney type. And, you know, it's uh, interesting to always watch this person because they're trying to base a sales call off of fact pattern recognition. And, you know, isn't it true that you said this? <laughs> and that type of sales style does, it does close deals, but there there's some very frustrating things about it. Third on the list is uh, Sandler sales style, which is more of commitment sales. You know, I'm a big fan of Sandler sales. I think they got some really cool stuff in there, like reversing. Next on the list, number four is going to be needs-based or consultative-based selling. You're going to find the correct item for the buyer, and you're going to say, here's what I think is really going to work for you based upon your criteria. It's more of a long-term relationship. I think this one's cool. You have personality-based selling with rapport, and this person who does this type of selling has sales skills. Number six on the list is buddy selling. There's no sales skills. It's just rapport. I'm a huge fan of a football team. You're a huge fan of a football team. You like food. I like food. Buy my stuff. (laughs) There's very passive. Here's my info. Call me when you're ready. And then there's number eight, transactional, low price, low volume. I'm just trying to make a couple of pennies off of every deal. Now, there's probably a couple of other ones. For the most part, here's your list of the eight types of ways that people sell. There is a reason why this matters. Your ability to close at a higher percentage rate is your ability to know which type of sales process you need to use with each buyer. And the best closers that I know, they could deal with all eight, all eight of these different sales styles. 
It doesn't mean that they use them on every call, or it could be that they mash them all up and they are one through eight on the transactions that they deal with, that they can, they can hold their own. They've got multiple skills. And really what I see when I ride with salespeople is of these eight, they could probably do two or three of them, but they can't do, they can't do all of them. They don't, they haven't mastered the sales process. And there is a point where aggressive sales strategies do work inside of a sales process with a certain type of a buyer. And there are times where fact-based sales or the attorney type work with certain buyers. And you could go down the entire list and say the, the whole thing is true. And so the more that you can develop different selling styles and the more that you can work with different types of people and the more content and strategies that you have, the better off you are. With that being said, there are a list of buyers that salespeople deal with. On this list, you have the cheap buyer. And at the end of the day, the only thing that matters to them is how cheap did they get it? Their dopamine rush comes from saying that they got something for cheap. And this is the person that when you meet with them and they're a friend of yours, they're always telling you about how they saved a nickel on a pound of butter. And the key word that you're going to listen to is cheap. Like they'll tell you, I just, I'm just looking for the cheapest thing. I don't care about value. I don't care about any of that. I just want cheap. Number two on the list, bargain hunter. They're looking for a good deal. Like they may not need the cheapest thing, but they want to know that they won. They want to know that they got a deal and they may come to you and say, I'm looking for a good deal. So the key word here is deal. Number three is the deal maker. This is the person who's like, you know what? I'm going to counter with everything that you say. You say 10,000, I'm going to say 9,800. You say 9,800, I'm going to say 9,500. This is a deal maker. And there is a definite style to deal with a deal maker. And then number four on the list is you have the value hunter. It's the weight of the proposition. Is it the warranties, the guarantees, the service, everything that comes with it? You know, this type of person sometimes will build a checklist or a Venn diagram. This type of person may look up a bunch of information and it may not even, they, it may not even be like the lowest price, but what it may come down to is like, what kind of relationship? And then number five is the unicorn that's out there that just comes in and says, I will take that one. Where can I write my check? Where can I swipe my credit card? Okay. So you got cheap bargain hunter, deal maker, value proposition, pay full price. And so in this list, most salespeople can deal with number four and five pretty easily, but where they really struggle is the cheap person, the bargain hunter, and the deal maker. And the reason I really want to talk to you about secondhand sales is because the secondhand sales skills that you can learn will really help you with cheap buyers, bargain hunters, and deal makers. One of the things that I used to do in my early 20s is I used to go to auctions. And so if a restaurant closed down, they would auction off the inside of the restaurant. And some of the stuff that is inside of a restaurant is freaking expensive. Freezers are expensive. Um, anything that has to do with food prep is expensive. Stainless steel is expensive. And so what happens is when you go to a restaurant and you're going to an auction, you go and you look and the magic number is about 30% value. So if it's a $1,000 item, if you could pick it up for 300 bucks, you won. And sometimes people will get carried away in the auction and they'll buy it for four or $500. But in essence, they still won because they didn't have to pay full value for it. They were able to get it on the secondhand market. And so when you're dealing with the cheap buyer, the bargain hunter, or the deal maker, what they're looking for is some sort of fractional payment. They want to make sure that they're, they're getting something at what they find is a magic number in their head. So let's say that you put out an ad and you want to sell something uh, that you have sitting around your house that you want to put something on the marketplace. Well, there is a dance to this process. 
And part of this dance is the way that you put your information online for that person to find it. So, you know, you may say, hey, text me if you're interested. And the person may come back and forth with a whole bunch of text messages asking you a whole bunch of questions. They may call you. They may fake like they're interested. And then they, they go cold. Like they're like, yeah, I'll call you back. And it's a stall process. So there's some things that you got to get used to. This is this is just getting into it. People who t- typically buy on secondhand sites are going to be flaky. So they're not always going to be perfect. And the good thing for you is this can help you with your follow-up skills. So let's say that you finally get to meet with this person. Know that whatever they told you and whatever they said in the text message in the text message or the phone call is not true. So if if they said I'm going to bring $100, they're probably going to bring 80. If they said that they're going to trade you something, know that it's probably not in the condition that they said that it was going to trade. And you're going to have to get really good at having conversations. So this is the the dance. This is the process. What's going to happen is you are going to meet the person and there's going to be an intro stage. You're going to talk a little bit back and forth. You're going to see if you like the person. You're going to see if you don't like the person. And there are times where you meet people from secondhand sites that you're like right from the beginning, you don't like them and you call it and you say like, I don't think this is going to work. And sometimes that's a tactic that they're using to get a better price to judge if you're desperate and if you have to sell things or not. Number two is going to be the explanation stage. This is where you talk about the product, you say what it is, you give a mini demo. It could be called a walk around in the world of car sales. Now, what's going to happen from their part is they're going to take a look at it and they're going to tear it apart. This is the tear down. So I sold a motorcycle that I had acquired. For long story short, I wasn't going to ever ride it, but it was a cool motorcycle. And it was from 1980 and it was a Honda. It was water-cooled. And the guy was interested, but when he got there, he starts picking it apart. Look, this wire's frayed. Look, there's a rust in the gas tank. Look, that wire's frayed. Look, there's a tear on the seat. And so what he's saying without saying it is like, whatever price that you're, you're selling this thing at, I'm not paying for it. And you, you have to get used to it and you have to remove all of the emotions around like this person's tearing my stuff apart because what they're saying is these are the things that I'm going to negotiate against you. I'm telling you why I'm not going to pay, let's say the $300 that you wanted for this thing, but I'm willing to pay 200. And so this is what happens is once they've torn everything down, they're going to give you a crazy offer. I see that you want $300 for this motorcycle. I'll give you 150. And what they're doing is they're testing the waters to see how real your price is. They're they're not saying, hey, is that the best that you could do? What they're going to say is like, yeah, I'll give you 150 for it. And it's usually, I'll give you the number. It's usually half of whatever your offer is. So if you've sold a bunch of stuff online, know that if you're asking for 100, they're probably going to come at you at 50 to 60% of what you said. Now, the next step for you, which is step number five, is you're going to build up. You're going to go back and say, hey, like in the case of the motorcycle that I sold, like, look, you could go online and try to buy some of these parts, this part or that piece, and it's going to cost you 300 bucks just for those two pieces. And and what I have to offer for you is the, the full motorcycle, right? And you could sell all the parts off that you want and make some extra money. Just put them up online. I just, I don't have time to do it. And then what's going to happen is the next step, which is number six, is going to be the negotiation. So I said 300. The guy says, I'll give you 150. Well, it just depends upon how good at negotiations you are. You know, you could do the whole meet in the middle thing. You could flip a coin. That's a a pretty common strategy or tactic for someone who's buying goods. 
With step number six of negotiation, the more calm somebody is at this point, the more they buy. Meaning this is not new to them, that they're a pro, that they know what they're doing. And they're just going to be emotionally neutral. And so if you're dealing with that type of person, know that their negotiation style may seem like it's really calm, but they know what they're doing. Number seven is they make the purchase or they walk away. And sometimes people will walk away so that you chase them and then you can lower the price and get them to where and you'll agree to whatever price that they wanted. You do need to develop your sales skills because this is a mix of a bunch of styles. You're dealing with the cheap buyer. You're dealing with the bargain hunter. You're dealing with the deal maker. And what you're really doing is you're learning the tells. You're learning what the common actions are. You're learning what the average person does. You're looking for timing. You know, uh, my, my standard timing that I look for is three seconds. You know, so if I'm writing with a salesperson, I'm looking for that interaction to be between three seconds and five seconds. But three is the most common. Sometimes buyers will take it out to 10. Sometimes they'll take it out to 15. And there's a point where they can't stop themselves from smirking. So, you know, if they smirk in 15 seconds, I already know that they're going to buy. But they're just going to give some pushback like, you know, everything's going to be okay. Look what the person says about walking away. What, what do they say? What is their actions? How do they sound? What is their voice qualities? And this is one of the things that it does take time for you to learn. But if you pick them up, they really do benefit you. This item really does benefit you in face-to-face sales, no matter what buyer you're dealing with. Cheap, bargain hunter, deal maker, value proposition, person, unicorn who pays the full price. They're, like, these are all things you can learn. Pay attention where you lose them in the process. Sometimes people spend way too much time building rapport and then the item never gets sold. Sometimes the more rapport that you you use, the worse off you are, even for a secondhand buyer. Most salespeople will be able to sell to most of the deal makers, the value proposition person or someone who's willing to pay full price. But what they're not good at is the cheap, cheap buyer, the bargain hunter, and a good majority of deal makers. And if you really want to learn how to be a closer in sales, you're going to have to master each one of those styles. And for every type of buyer that you're able to learn how to sell to, you increase your closing rate. You increase your ability to close deals. Where most salespeople struggle is item number one, two, and three, the cheap, cheap buyer, the bargain hunter, and the deal maker. The value proposition or the person who pays full price are not as much of a fight or as much of a problem to sell to. Each one of those groups that you can learn how to sell to really does affect your closing rate and really does make you better at closing deals. When you learn how to sell on the secondhand market and buy on the secondhand market, there's body language strategies that you can learn, timing strategies that you can learn. There's interaction strategies that you can learn. Just going through and and looking at the list of how people buy the intro of what's going on, the explanation of the product, the teardown, the offer, the buildup, the negotiation, and eventually the purchase or the walk away are things that you are going to have happen in a real life, face-to-face, brand new sales process. So why not learn them the best that you can? Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo.